NASCAR fans, it's time to start your engines. Welcome to Pit Pass Indy, a production of Evergreen Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Martin, a journalist who regularly covers the NTT IndyCar series. Our goal at Pit Pass Indy is to give racing fans an insider's view of the exciting world of the NTT IndyCar series in a fast-paced podcast featuring interviews with the biggest names in the sport. I bring nearly 40 years of experience covering IndyCar and NASCAR, working for such media brands as NBCSports.com, SI.com, ESPN Sports Ticker, Sports Illustrated, Auto Week, and Speed Sport. So let's drop the green flag on this episode of Pit Pass Indy. As the world celebrates the Winter Olympics in Beijing, China, Our guest on today's episode features IndyCar's Nordic track of drivers. It's Sweden's Marcus Ericsson and Denmark's Christian Lundgaard. The 31-year-old Ericsson is from Kumla, Sweden, and is back for his fourth year of NTT IndyCar Series action. He joined the series in 2019 after a five-year career in the Formula One World Championship that included 97 starts. He began his F1 career in 2014 with Renault before joining Sauber the following season. Ericsson made the jump to IndyCar in 2019 at what was then known as Aeroschmidt-Peterson. His best finish as a rookie driver was second place in the second race of the Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix doubleheader. He finished 17th in the standings as a rookie, but Chip Ganassi Racing saw some promise in the Swede and hired him to drive the number eight Husky chocolate Honda beginning in 2020. He finished in the top five in three of 14 races that season, including a fourth place in the second race of a doubleheader at Road America at Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin in 2020. Erickson improved to finish 12th in the standings that season. The 2021 season was Erickson's breakout year in IndyCar. He scored his first career win in the first race of the Detroit Grand Prix doubleheader. Victory number two came in the Big Machine Music City Grand Prix on the streets of Nashville in a wild race that saw Ericsson's Honda go airborne in an early race crash, but he was able to continue in the contest because his car didn't sustain any major damage. Ericsson delivered with a shocking victory in one of the wildest IndyCar races in recent memory. Erickson ran in the top five of the standings for most of the second half of the season. He dropped to sixth after crashing on lap 25 in the final race of the season, the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach. Erickson enters the 2022 season as an emerging contender for the NTT IndyCar Series Championship and a threat to compete for the victory in the 106th Indianapolis 500 on May 29. I caught up with Erickson recently at the JW Marriott Hotel in downtown Indianapolis to talk about his prospects for a successful 2022 season. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy is Marcus Erickson, driver of the number eight Husky Chocolate Honda at Chip Ganassi Racing. Marcus, you won two races in 2021. You have to feel like 2022 is your chance to contend for the championship. How do you feel entering the season? 
Yeah, that sounds like a good plan to me. I think, you know, I've had a few years now in the IndyCar series and every year I've been, you know, taking steps and, and, and you know, getting better and better and to, to have the continuation with Chip Ganassi Racing and, and my race engineer Brad Goldberg and, and the other core group uh, on the 8 car is really, you know, helping me uh, feeling comfortable, feeling confident uh, going into this season now. And, you know, last year was really a breakthrough year for me, finishing sixth in the championship, winning my first two races and being consistent, uh, running up front. So definitely for this year, you know, we want to aim for fighting for that championship. It's definitely the goal. Did you use the fact that you oh, you got Scott Dixon, six-time champion, as a teammate, Alex Pelot, your champion, first year with the team, was the championship leader, ended up winning the championship. Then you had another guy on the team, Jimmy Johnson, who got a lot of attention because he's a seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion, kind of allowed you to do your deal without really having the spotlight and a lot of attention on you. Did that help you last year? Yeah, I don't know if it helped, but it's been a bit the case since I came here to IndyCar. I think it's been, I've been sort of flying under the radar for, for, for most of it and uh, people maybe not noticed my progress, but uh, I don't mind that, you know, I... I I, I work hard and, and I have a great team around me. And then I think last year, you know, we, we, we showed that. And as a team, you know, we had such a strong season with, with, you know, Alex winning, Scott finishing fourth and me sixth. So we were all up front, you know, and, and, and you know, we want to build on that and be even stronger during this season. Do you prefer to be under the radar or do you feel that it's time for you to grab the spotlight? To be honest, I don't mind. Uh, I, I focus on my stuff, and, and if people don't notice that we're doing well, then they don't have to notice that because we're going to be there in the, in the end of the race and, and score the big results. So I, I, I don't really know, care too much what people think, but um, for sure, I think after last year, you know, we showed a lot of people what we can do and what I can do, and that was, uh, it was great. Your breakout victory, of course, was winning at Detroit in one of the two Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix doubleheader races. How big a moment was that for you? Because I know that when you have 97 Formula One starts, unless you're on one of the top teams, kind of hard to win a Formula One race. I believe you said that was the first time you'd won a race in 10 years. Eight years. But Eight yeah, years. yeah. Eight it was years. long enough. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to undersell you on that. But how important was that? How great of a feeling was that to win? I was incredible, you know, like you say there, you know, I did five years, almost 100 races in Formula One, and it was never a realistic chance to win or even be on the podium. And that was one of the big reasons why I wanted to come here to IndyCar, because I knew that here I would have the chance to win again. And um, since I came here, you know, that was something I worked extremely hard to to get to that victory lane and to get that first win in Detroit was, uh, yeah, was a very, very special moment and something that I will always remember because such a big sort of thing to win on this level. And especially these days, you know, in the car, the, the series, the depth of the series is so impressive. So to win races in IndyCar is, uh, is extremely, extremely difficult. So I'm, I'm very proud and happy about that. If that was your breakout win, I guess you could say your career took flight at Nashville with the victory <laughs> there. I cannot think of a more unusual race victory for any driver to begin a race airborne. <laughs> How the car didn't break, I have no idea. I mean, did that even surprise you that the car didn't break? You were able to not only return to competitive racing, you actually went out and won the thing. Yeah, it's it's still one of the most crazy races I've ever done for sure. And and to come out winning was, uh, yeah, it was just crazy. You know, I thought, like you said, that when I was 
taking off, you know, crashing into Sebastian and, and you're seeing the sky. And I thought there was a, you know, retire the car there on the spot. And then I sort of crawled around the track and managed to get back to the pits. And I think we went through the pits four or five times repairing the car and then had a drive through and I was dead lost. And then somehow managed to get our way back to, you know, uh, <laughs> running up front and eventually winning the race. So it's it's definitely one of the most crazy races of my life. And uh, But it's super memorable, you know, and also to be the first ever Music City Grand Prix winners, it's, it's you know, it's always going to be in the history books. So I'm, I'm very proud of that. And also the fans really love that race. They really showed their appreciation. They got there early. They left late. It didn't matter to them that it was 100 degrees every day. They were just having a good time. Was that really one of the highlights of the season for you? I think so. I think it was such a great addition to the IndyCar Series to, to have a street course race on a, a great city like Nashville. And it's such a fun place to be. And then, like you said, all the fans that came to the track and really made the whole weekend special for, for all of us drivers. And uh uh, yeah, the atmosphere was just incredible. So I can't wait to get back there and you know be the defending champion as well of, of the race. It's gonna be, yeah, it's gonna be so much fun to get back there. Now, how about returning to the Indianapolis 500? A chance to take on the best drivers in the world that are, are going to be on the starting grid that day. You're running for one of the top teams in Indy 500 history. How good of an opportunity do you feel you have? to win the 106 Indianapolis 500? I think we're going to have a good chance. I think, you know, already last year and the year before, we we, we were really, really strong, had strong months. But uh, in 2020, I crashed out early uh, whilst having a really, really good car. And last year, you know, we were unlucky on that first yellow to to run out of fuel and, and having to pit and, and uh, you know, lost all the track position that we had worked ourselves to, to have after a good month. So... Uh, you know, the 500 is always like that. You need to have uh, a bit of luck on your side and be on the right place at the right time. And we haven't really got that together yet. But uh, I do feel that, you know, I feel really comfortable on the speedway. The team is always putting on good race cars there. So uh, it's definitely one of the big goals this year to really do a strong 500 and for sure aim for, for that win. What's it like having Scott Dixon as a teammate? It's fantastic. You know, you can always lean on him and his experience. And he's, you know... I think the best ever in the car driver, you know, to, so to be able to be teammate with him is, it's incredible and you learn a lot, but not only him, you know, with TK as well. I think that was a great addition to the team last year when TK came for the 500 and with all of his experience as well, you know, it's been, I've learned a lot from those two guys and, and to go up again with, with them and with Alex and Jimmy this year, I think we're going to have a real dream team coming uh, the month of May. Were you surprised that in Alex's first year with the team that he was able to win a championship? It seemed effortless from him because he started off with a victory in Birmingham and then he maintained that level for most of the rest of the season. I think everyone was surprised, not uh, surprised that he was going to be good. I think everyone knew Alex was a good driver, but to come into a new team and only his second year in the series and, and to win the championship in the way he did. You know, he, he really should have won it even before Long Beach because he had that uh, bad luck in, in Indy and then got taken out in Gateway. So, you know, he, he was just a class of the field all year and, and I was very, very impressed uh, by him. Um, but yeah, this year we're going to make it hard for him. So hopefully we can challenge him for that championship. But uh, yeah, I was very, very impressed and happy for him. And then last year, you had a rookie driver who is a seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion, one of the legends of that form of racing. What was it like having Jimmy Johnson as a teammate? 
It was really, really great uh, getting to know Jimmy and, and seeing the kind of person he is, uh, how humble he is, how hardworking he is, and, and you know, to team up and be teammate with him, a true legend of, of, of motorsports here in, in the U.S. is, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's an honor, and, and I'm very happy to, to you know, uh, continue that for this year. And I was also very impressed with Jimmy's progress throughout the year because it's such a tough series to compete in, and, and from the way he started the year until you know, compared to how we ended it, that uh, progress he made was very, very impressive. So it's going to be cool to see this year how that, you know, going to continue because I think, uh, yeah, I, I haven't seen many people in this world that works harder than what he does. And then having Chip Ganassi as a team owner, I know that there were times where Scott Dixon said that uh, when he started with the team way back in 2002, that in a lot of ways, Chip was an acquired taste. But he says the thing you have to really respect about Chip is he expects you to win. And if you're going to drive for a team owner that expects you to win, he gives you all the tools that are necessary for that. So is that the type of team owner that a race driver would like to have? For sure. I think, you know, I, I love driving for Chip and, and he's he's definitely putting some pressure on us drivers. But I think that helps us get the best out of us, you know, because like you say, he, he expects us to deliver wins and he gives us all the tools for that and you know to have that kind of pressure i think is it's good for us as a driver and and i thrive in that and i, I love being in that sort of position and uh, hopefully we can make him happy many times this year in some ways does he have a little bit of an intimidating presence i don't know i think you know sometimes people see that way but i think you know he's hard but fair and and you know that's always the, the, the right thing he doesn't you know uh, he, he says it as it is, and I think that's something I really appreciate in a person, and, and I think that's one of the strengths with with Chip. You know, he's not gonna talk around things; he's gonna say what he thinks, and and that's that's perfect for me. We've got a couple of drivers that are gonna be full timers in 2022, including your teammate Jimmy Johnson, also Romain Grosjean of Andretti Autosports, gonna run the full season. You competed against him in Formula One. Do you expect to see him win a few races in 2022? I think definitely Roman has the potential to win races. I think he's a, he's a great racing driver. He's shown that in Europe, you know, winning the GP2, now Formula 2 championship, and then, you know, uh, being on the podium in F1 and stuff like that. So he's, he's no doubt a great race driver, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him in victory lane this year. But goal number one for you, obviously, is winning the championship. So I guess it all starts on the streets of St. Pete. How excited are you to get 2022 started? I can't wait. You know, I want to build on that success I had last year. And uh, like you say, you know, I, I think we have the tools to compete for a championship. So I can't wait to get to St. Pete and, and start off the season. Marcus Erickson, driver of the number eight Husky Chocolate Honda for Chip Ganassi Racing. Thank you for joining us, and good luck in the 2022 NTT IndyCar Series season. Thank you. We'll be right back to Pit Pass Indy after this short break. In the world of racing, Penske means performance and winning. For good reason. Since 1966, Team Penske has won 44 national championships, 17 in IndyCar alone. And last year, Team Penske claimed its Indianapolis 500 record-extending 19th Indy 500 win with Joseph Newgarden, the latest driver, to win the famed race. Team Penske also won its second straight NASCAR Cup Series championship. 
in 2022, Penske was the first team in history to win both the IndyCar and the NASCAR Cup Series championships in the same season. Team Penske enters the 2024 NTT IndyCar Series season with 236 IndyCar wins, including 34 500-mile race victories. Those are results that are tough to top. But Penske's legendary reputation for quality and attention to detail makes a statement off the track, too. When you need a truck, whether for your business or for a household move, Penske Truck Rental has some of the cleanest, newest, and best-maintained vehicles on the road. And we make it easy with personalized support from our associates, flexible reservations, and access to the top technology. With quick pickup and drop-off at more than 2,500 locations across North America, our scale and know-how will keep you covered, all helping to ensure you get the right, reliable, fuel-efficient vehicle when and where you need it. On the highways, the raceways, and every pit stop in between, Penske keeps you moving forward. Gain ground with Penske. Get a quote today at PenskeTruckRental.com or for household rentals, download the Penske Truck Rental mobile app today. In keeping with our Nordic Track theme, our next guest is a 20-year-old rookie from Hedenstead, Denmark. It's Christian Lungard, one of three drivers at Ray Hall Winterman Lanigan Racing in 2022. He joins veteran drivers Graham Rahal and Jack Harvey on the Honda team. Lungard competed in just one IndyCar Series race in 2021 and made the most of that opportunity. He qualified fourth for the big machine Spiked Coolers Grand Prix on the Indianapolis Motor Speedway road course and finished 12th in the race. It was enough to convince team leadership that the Danish driver could be a great addition to the IndyCar team in 2022. Lungard is a product of the famed Alpine Academy, a program to support young racing drivers throughout their careers that was created by Renault F1 in 2002. Lungard's first year in the program was 2017, and he has gone on to win the SMP F4 Championship and the F4 Spanish Championship. Lungard competed in the GP3 series in 2018 and advanced to the FIA Formula 3 Championship Series in 2019. The past two seasons, Lungard was part of the FIA Formula 2 Championship. He was on a path that clearly was intended to take him to the Formula 1 World Championship before he was offered the IndyCar opportunity at Rahal Lennerman Lanigan Racing. Lungard explains why he made the career switch to me in this interview I had with the Great Dane a few weeks ago in downtown Indianapolis. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy is Christian Lungard of Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan Racing, a rookie driver from Denmark. And first full season in IndyCar, you're going to be driving with some Pretty high-profile drivers at Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan Racing. How excited are you for your rookie season over here? I'm super excited. I think it's it's going to be a long, tough, uh, and a sweaty season. Uh, we're going to have strong drivers, some stronger than others in, in certain tracks and, and so on. Uh, I'm looking to to do the best that I can and learn from the beginning and also be on a, on a, on a high level straight away. Uh, but it's definitely going to be tough. 
the real eye-opener for you was qualifying for the August road course race at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway when you did very well. I believe uh, you qualified second that day or fourth. was it fourth? But first time in an IndyCar, you really were impressive. Was that when you realized, hey, this is something that I need to try out for a while? Uh, actually, no. I think, uh, you know, I'd, my main focus has always been on Europe and racing Europe and, and, and looking for Formula One. That was my main goal, and even even now I'm, I have this opportunity. You know, I always I will always dream of having an an F1 seat one day. You know, winning Formula One. Who who wouldn't? But you know, that's that's the culture that I've grown up in, and that's what I've been focused on on trying to achieve. And I was doing Formula Two in Europe, and the season wasn't going as well as as hoped. And then this opportunity arised. We did the race. It ended up how it ended up. In in terms of future, at that point, you know, I was I was still looking forward for F1. I wasn't saying okay, now it's IndyCar. But then this contract came, you know, to to actually come race, which wasn't really my focus at that point. And we ended up ended up signing the deal because I would secure myself and and, and be able to be a hundred percent sure to race this year. So in 2022, which at that point wasn't secured, and. Uh, and the F2 season ended pretty poorly. And uh, looking at that decision to sign the IndyCar contract was by far the right choice at that point. Now, 20, 30 years ago, it was always big news of a driver from IndyCar or CART or whatever the series was at that time that was the top level of IndyCar racing. It would be big news of a driver could go from that series over to Formula One. Do you believe that today it might be a little bit of a better place to come from to get into F1 or do you think it would still be difficult? I think it's easier. It's it's difficult for the reason that F1 teams doesn't really have an interest over here other than McLaren uh, that has their own team pretty much. Um, but it's difficult. I know that because I come from Europe, they will be watching me over here. And for that same reason, they will also be watching other drivers. And uh, what do you like about the IndyCar? Can you ask me what I don't like? Sure. It burns fuel too quickly. <laughs> that's that's pretty much it. Now, the, the car is uh, quite nice to drive. It, it handles very well. And also, uh, you're driving for one of the, the better teams in the series. Bobby Rahal, the team owner, is a former Indy 500 winner. He won the kart championship three times. Accomplished driver. Michael Lanigan is a highly successful businessman in industrials from Chicago. And David Letterman, who's a TV star in the United States for 40 years. What's it like to have these guys all in your corner? And then you're also going to be learning how to drive these cars with the likes of Graham Rahal as a teammate and Jack Harvey as a teammate. I've got the teammates with the experience and I come in as the rookie um, that is uh, supposed to be fast, which I proved last year, but I need to be fast on a consistent basis. And that's where my teammates will help me and Bobby and, and the whole team uh, for that matter. The, the engineering team is a strong team and I'm sure we can, we can work something out that will help all three parties. With a road racing background, what do you think of the chance to compete in your first Indianapolis 500 on that big oval? I wouldn't say I'm frightened, but I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a bit scared of the whole project of going in for the first time to drive. 
Um, you know, for my first lap around there, you know, I wouldn't say I'm scared, but I don't know what to expect. I'll, I'll probably just go out there and enjoy because um, I've recently found out when you enjoy what you do, it turns out to go well. So I'll, I'll just enjoy. But does the race itself get a lot of attention in Denmark? Do people get a chance to watch it? Because it is one of America's great sporting events. I don't know. Have we ever had a Danish driver in the Indy 500? I don't think so. I think it'll be one of the first. Yes. So I hope now they will yeah. be watching. Yeah. Well, and also you're you're 20 years old. Yep. And, you know, to be- No champagne. This, no champagne. But they do give you milk if you win the Indy 500. Oh, yeah. So there is that. But to reach this level at such a young age and still have the prospect of Formula One out there, which I know Formula One's got some pretty young drivers that have been- come up through the ranks recently, but you have to feel like you're at the very beginning of what could be a great career. Definitely. Uh, and, and I think over here, you would probably see uh, drivers uh, stay in the series for a long time. And I know we would also see that in F1, but you know, the, the teams are a bit more critical on, on their performance. Um, I know that the budgets are also very, very, very different. But I think I, it's kind of cool that you have the veterans here uh, in IndyCar that stays for, for many years. And, you know, for me now, I come in and I, I know if I could beat Scott Dixon, I'll, I'll be in a good place, you know, because he's, he's been here for a long time and he's won. Um, so if I can be on his level from the beginning, you know, it should, it should turn out pretty well. Are you going to live in the United States? Yes. And are you going to live in Indianapolis? Carmel. I live in Carmel. Carmel, already. okay. So, uh, obviously, the climate has to uh, be fairly familiar to you because it gets pretty cold in Denmark. What are your thoughts so far to transitioning to living in the United States? Everything's different. Um, I probably won't feel... Well, I do feel comfortable, but I probably won't feel like 100%. Uh, how to explain? Because it's... Everything is just so different. I think it's more the culture in terms of, of the states. Um, like when I go to, to Maya to buy groceries, I see this huge supermarket with a billion different things, 14 times bigger than the supermarket I would go buy groceries in, in wherever I come from, you know? Yeah. So that's just, it's so different. It's, it's difficult to get used to, but I think when, when one month passed, I'll be fine. Road courses, are there any in particular you can't wait to race on? I know Road America is a fairly uh, European-type road course. Or is that a course that you really look forward to driving on? Or do you have some others that you really want to get a shot at? I'm all. I think uh, at the moment, I don't really have a track or any type of circuits that I'm focused more on than the other Um I'm just looking forward to to learn all tracks and be hopefully competitive. And pit stops and flying starts, are those both new to you? Pit stops aren't and flying starts are not anymore after yeah. my outing last year. But what did you think of them? I mean, I started P4. So for me, I was on the easier and the simpler side. Um, it's probably not as fun when you're down in wherever, below... 10th or so, but you know, I'm, I'm not planning on qualifying down there, so uh, shouldn't be the biggest problem. So you uh, obviously believe that qualifying is your strong point? I believe I can uh, I can drive fast enough not to be 
below P10, yes. Well, fans keep an eye on him. It's going to be a learning experience all season for him, but he's a fast driver. He proved that uh, at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway in August. Christian Lungard of Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan Racing. Good luck this season, and thank you for joining us on Pit Pass Indy. Thank you so much. And that puts a checkered flag on this edition of Pit Pass Indy. We want to thank our guests, IndyCar's Nordic Track, Marcus Eriksson of Sweden, and Christian Lungard of Denmark for joining us on today's podcast. Along with loyal listeners like you, our guests help make Pit Pass Indy your path to victory lane for all things IndyCar. For more IndyCar coverage, follow me at Twitter at Bruce Martin, one word, underscore 500. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thanks to our production team. Executive producers are Bridget Coyne and Gerardo Orlando. Recordings and edits were done by me, Bruce Martin. And final mixing was done by Dave Douglas. Learn more at evergreenpodcast.com. Until next time, be sure to keep it out of the wall.